Hey guys, welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates III. And look, we've got Mr. Biceps in the house, Mr. Brent Daniels. What's going on, buddy? I am excited, RJ. You're the absolute best. Obviously, the king closer. So it's an honor to be on the Titanium Vault podcast. And um, yeah, I think what we're talking about is going to be really, really, really important for the audience. And so I hope that uh, they grab a pad of paper and a pen and uh, get this and write down some notes for this. Dude, you know what's crazy is, is I've been doing this podcast since 2017 and I've interviewed you for other stuff. But I've never had you on the podcast. So it's an honor to finally have you here. Um, you have done so much for me. Uh, I just have to share this to get started. You were the person that told me to get started in affiliate marketing. Yeah. I, I thought affiliate marketing was stupid until you said, listen, dude, if you're using something and you're succeeding, you need to share that with people. And and I did that. And that was one of the things that led me to doing the 50 deals in 50 states challenge. So thank you for that. Also, because you brought up King Closer and I got this you know fake wrestling belt behind me. You're the only judge to give me a perfect score. So you are the best judge in Closers Olympics history. I mean, well, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, I certainly have the most experience, but <laughs> uh, no, listen, you know, the affiliate marketing thing is important. If you're going to get loud and you're going to be proud about the, the business that you do and you're going to be real with your numbers and lay it all out there and open up the kimono and show everything, um, you, you should be proud of the uh, of the relationships that you build with the tools that help people get there. Uh, what a lot of people don't understand about you know the tools and resources that that we have is they they have a marketing budget or they have an affiliate budget, and they would much prefer work with the people that know, like, and trust us. Um, and, and because they, they stick around longer. These are the people yeah. that are long lasting in this business. And that's what we're really going to talk about is how to build a long lasting business. But, um, at anybody listening to this, as you, as you start getting louder about what you do and people start reaching out to you about how you do the things that you do, I think it's important to introduce them to the relationships that you have. And that's all affiliate marketing is. That's all affiliate relationships are. Um, and yeah, you absolutely crushed the, uh, the closers Olympics. I mean, you got them to sign in like eight minutes, right. Uh, well, in a, in a deal in, uh, in North Carolina. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that. And then going last thing I'll say on the affiliate marketing stuff is, is you're absolutely right. I mean, if you are going to go put yourself out there, which in 2023, if you're not, it's a mistake, you should be putting yourself out there on social media one way or another. I think everyone can agree with that. And, and if you are, why would you not want to share? Uh, listen, you guys sharing, by I say you guys, I'm talking about the Phoenix real estate market in general. You guys are amazing, have led us to so many different tools and things that have led to success. So uh, you you kind of have spearheaded the way here on showing us how to do that. So thank you for that. So I yeah. asked you, I said, what do you want to call today's episode? You said how to build a long lasting business. So first and foremost, how long have you been in real estate? What has it been like eight years now? Yeah, 2004. So a little bit longer. 2004? Yeah, I started real estate in 2004. Um, I started wholesaling in 2013. There we and, go. And um, so it's been a while. I mean, this has been my entire professional uh, career has been in real estate. And listen, you know, 
you read Rich Dad Poor Dad and you go one of two ways. Either you you put down the book and never think about it again, or you jump full into real estate. And right. so that's what I did. And and so I've been I've been looking at it in a lot of different strategies and techniques for a long time. And to build a long lasting business, there's certain th- there's certain steps to be able to do that. And I want to talk about it on here because I think it's an absolute the, the absolute Achilles heel of real estate investors is there's so many different ways to make money in real estate. And so, so many people start switching up their strategy that they don't understand that there's different businesses. Owning a rental portfolio is a totally different business than flipping is a totally different business than wholesaling is a totally different business. It just depends. And then lending money is a totally different business. So I want to talk about all those things and my thoughts on it, because I think if you buy rental properties too soon, uh, it's going to totally sink uh, your, your profitability and your productivity. And that might be controversial because of the, the old adage, when's the best time to buy a rental property? Well, when's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago and this whole thing? Right. It's, I, I think that that is incorrect. And I'd like to talk about my opinion on that on this show. And maybe people will share it. Maybe people will think I'm crazy. But um, I've gone through uh, the, the major crash. I've gone through the little, the little teeny baby crash that we went through for like uh, a few months there in 2022. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. And a lot of money that was lost in those could be avoided if, uh, if they would have listened to this podcast we're about to do right now. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny because I have a, a TikTok where I recorded the video. It's actually, a, it's a five-minute podcast that I posted back in 2019, 2020. I was in Cassie's garage. I just took out my cell phone because I was having just an awful day. And it was because of what you're talking about. We went out and we we started flipping and we bought rentals too quickly. And essentially, we're trying to run three different businesses, right? The wholesale business, being a landlord, and being a flipper. And we weren't good at any of them. We almost went out of business. Yeah. And and the podcast, essentially, it was Halloween. And so I called there, are you trick-or-treating yourself? And and essentially, it was, hey, are you just a really good wholesaler? And then you tricked yourself into thinking that that meant you could be a flipper. And I posted the TikTok probably like a month ago. And since then, I've pretty consistently gotten messages from people asking, well, RJ, you said don't go out and flip houses or, or buy rentals until you're ready. When are you ready? And, and to your point, what I'm thinking I'm hearing you say early on here is, is you might not ever be, you know, you, you kind of have to establish one business type, whatever that is. So that's my opinion on that. Do you agree that you need to pick one, whether it's wholesaling, flipping, or being a landlord and kind of become a master at that before you move on to something else? Yeah, there's, there's a process to this and this is just my opinion. And, um, and I, I think that it, this isn't, this isn't something that I, that I just thought up. This isn't something that I haven't, that I consider lightly. This is just from the almost 20 years experiences, the experience that I have. And I truly believe that finding discounted properties is the fundamental that's the foundation that we build everything else off of and that's all, that's all wholesaling is wholesaling is just finding discounted properties i mean that's really what it is wholesaling is is much more to do with the the marketing or prospecting 
the initial conversations with property owners and converting those into a signed agreement and then selling that agreement to somebody else. And I think that that's the best way to build up your experience because once you sell that contract to a cash buyer, another investor that's a few steps ahead, or maybe this is just their main strategy, what you can do is you can sit back and you can see what happens with that property, right? So you don't have any risk because you don't have money tied up in a property. You, you get this, you get front row view to see what the strategy is with this property and how they make income and how much income they make. And you, you're developing skills of communicating effectively with property owners, which is a highly, highly, highly paid skill. Yeah. All right. And so you get all of these benefits and you get, you, you, and not only that, you get on average $15,000 in assignment fee to be able to do that. When right. you do that three times a month, that's $45,000 a month, right? With no risk. You're not you're not buying these properties. You're not putting your 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 crews into them. You're not paying a contractor that's going to use what you just paid them for another job that they have. Uh, you know what I mean? And hope yep. that they're going to get to your job at some point. You're you're going to be able to sit back and see what all these different strategies and decide what path you want to go. Now, what I suggest is there's 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 certain steps, right? Not even what I suggest. The, this is just how it is. Number one is. You, you find your first deal. You make some income somehow doing your first deal in real estate. And I think going out there and, and doing a wholesale deal is the easiest way to get in. And then what you do is you make enough income to where you can do this business full time. And let me, let me make a quick little disclaimer here. This is for people that want to be full-time real estate entrepreneurs. This is not for the dentist that wants to buy and uh, a port and, and buy properties and have a portfolio to protect their their money and to get some cash flow. This is not for uh, people that are that are contractors that want to like go into fixing and flipping their own business because uh, their own fixing and flipping business because they know what this. This is for everybody out there that wants to red rich dad poor dad wants to understand how to get into real estate and does doesn't necessarily want to go out there and buy a rental property and deal with tenants and deal with all of that. Okay. So yeah. you, you get to the point where you're closing consistently to where you can go full time. Now you move from employee to self-employed, right? Cash flow quadrant. And then once you build the consistency in your business and you build the skills, then you start firing yourself from certain part, uh, certain roles in the business. That's when you become a business owner. And then once you're a business owner, RJ, that's when I suggest you become an investor. And that's when you buy your rental properties. And that's when you lend money. And that's when you do all those other things. But it's not until you have a business that's running effectively without you that you put your time and attention into the investments and the long-term assets that you're going to have. What people do is they get a deal and they're like, oh, there's that triplex that I could buy on seller financing. I better go buy that because it's going to be a great deal down the line. And now they don't get paid for six months. They're back at their jobs or they haven't quit their job and they haven't been able to put their full attention on their real estate business. Do that first. And I'm telling you, oh, you can buy as much properties as you want, flip as much as you want, lend as much money as you want, but build this business first. And you're going to have a really strong foundation for a long lasting business. But, you know, Brent, on that note, I, I think it's important. I think people want to fast forward from the step where they feel like they've become the business owner to becoming an investor. Yeah. Like, 
just because you hire someone to acquire properties and dispo properties and do your bookkeeping and all of these different miscellaneous tasks does not mean that it is a self-sustaining business yet. You still need to stay in that role as a manager and oversee. I'll use a good example of this. We had a deal in the 50-day challenge in Portland, Oregon, that I locked up in a three-minute conversation, and then we sold it the same day for a $20,000 assignment fee. That buyer did nothing to it, held on to it for six months, went down to the county, said, hey, I want to divide these lots up, sold the lots off, and made $100,000. Now, part of my team came to me and said, we should have taken that down and we could have made $120,000. And what I told them was, is, well, no, because that took time, effort, knowledge. What would we have done with the other 85 contracts that I got during the 50-day challenge? That's what we were busy working on. And I think this is where I, from my experience, and I know that I speak from my own individual experience of doing this to myself. That's where I wasn't looking at things like what is needed on a day-to-day basis, even if you're not the one that's doing those miscellaneous tasks. So from that perspective, do you see people doing that? Or is that one of the kind of warnings that you're giving people right now? It's like, hey, don't move too quickly from step to step. Opportunity costs is what you're talking about. Yeah. Listen, it's not time management. It's not priority management. It's not energy management. It is 100% attention management. Where do you want to put your attention? That, yeah. that, 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 that is what it is. And if you really want to screw up your business, have them do it all. Have them do... <laughs> rentals and flips and wholesale before you get one of them stabilized. It's just not going to work. And that's what, but, but I didn't know that I've done this and I, and I'm, I'm speaking from experience because it was like, Oh my gosh, I'm making this money. I got to be a real estate investor. So I better buy this real estate. That's what the, 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 the book says is I need to buy real estate. So that's good. And all these other books say, Oh, you got to buy real estate and that's good. Okay. I'm going to buy real estate. And so, uh, I've got this business where I'm wholesaling and I'm buying rentals. And now all of a sudden uh, I'm not wholesaling anymore or we're not getting any more deals or the marketing adjusted and the market shifted. And, you know, all, I'm not, I'm not really focused on it because I'm focused on my long-term wealth strategy. Why don't you get rich first and then get wealthy? You know what I mean? That's what we're talking about here, RJ. So, so when is that? When is that moment? Because that's the question people keep people keep asking me: is when is it a certain dollar amount? Is it a, is it a moment where they f- have a skill set, a team? When is the moment where you say, "All right, I am rich now. I want to become wealthy. I want to move on to owning real estate." Minimum, minimum, you need to have consistent closings for a solid quarter right? Only three months, but consistency there. And personally, after taxes, you need to have 300 grand in the bank before you buy a rental property, is my opinion. Where did you come up with 300 grand? Why that number specifically? Because it scares the shit out of people. I like that answer. It does. (laughs) It 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 does because 
Because when you when you have a hundred grand, here here's here's what happens, and this is the absolute truth that I've seen coaching three thousand people personally. My own experience, the experience of my staff is, we all have a financial thermostat. We all do, and it was de- it, and it was determined b- based on our upbringing, financial thermostat. So what happens is when we go out there. And we make a $50,000 deal and that hits our account. And the most we've had in our account is like $5,800. And we were balling. We're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And now we have $55,800 in our account. We're like, oh baby, here we go. Uh, you know, all of a sudden our financial thermostat and it's, it's sneaky, RJ. And this is why it's sneaky because it falls under the disguise of I'm investing in my business. So this is what we do. Instead of continuing to do the things that made us that $50,000, we go and hire people. And then we stop doing the things that got us and we stop lead generation or we stop doing the lead follow-up or something just slows down because now we're training people. Now we're recruiting people. Now we're, 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 we're finding talent and developing them and, and, and making sure that they're doing what they're doing, but we're not continuing to, to keep the momentum in our business. And then we're like, oh, I'm going to do this marketing channel. And oh, I'm going to do this different technique. And oh, I'm going to go into all these different areas. All of a sudden that 50,000 has gone. We look up, it's not in our family's account. It's not in our long-term assets. It's just gone. Yep. So many entrepreneurs pay themselves a base salary. When I started out, it was five grand. doesn't matter what was in the business account. I'm going to pay myself five grand. And everything else is going to go into business expenses and growing the business. Let me tell you something. Nobody's going to buy your business. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's going to buy your business. So you're developing a service-based business that nobody's going to buy. It's not the real asset, the re- but it is the vehicle to buy assets. So yeah. why wouldn't you take the money out of your business to a certain amount, a, 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 spe- uh, a specified profit amount that you take out every month to keep you focused, to keep you motivated, to keep you in it and let it be something ridiculous, 30, 40, 50, $100,000 a month, whatever it is, that's going to keep you focused and making sure that this is your cash cow and that it gives yeah, that you keep your attention at it and then buy some assets. Yeah. You I mean, what? the financial thermostat really screws everything up. It screwed me up. It screws up, it screws up so many people because we don't feel like we deserve it personally. We, but we, but we believe our business does. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. You know what? And, and then you, you, and then you lose all the money. You talk about that thermostat, financial thermostat. This was probably third or fourth wholesale deal that Cassie and I did. Twenty seven thousand dollars. We go to the closing. It was a double close. Do the signing. Got the check because I didn't do wires. I want the check. Yep. Remember sitting at a restaurant. We're eating lunch afterwards, and I'm digging to myself. I'm the only guy in here right now that has $27,000 in his bank account. Guaranteed. I'm the richest dude in this in this restaurant right now. But to your point, that it starts changing. Yep. And and also on the $300,000 number, scaring the shit out of people. Yeah. In wholesaling, it's very easy to get to 100000 Yep. But there is another level of consistency that you need to get to the $250,000, $300,000 mark. 
So it's I do appreciate that number. I, I thought that's where you were going to go with. I like the scare the shit out of people answer better. But well, there it is. is. I mean, it's a, it's a discipline, right? Yeah. Um, it's a discipline that – because what – it scares people because people are like, I have 27,000 in my accounts. I need to go buy something. Yep. No, you need to forget about that and just keep doing what you're doing. Keep your head down. Just mm-hmm. keep your head down. Keep doing the work. Yep. Right. Well, Brent, you're going to pay taxes on that. Great. That's the rent that we pay to live in this country. I, I hate to tell you they're going to get taxes either way. Yep. They, they are. All the all all of this strategy that's like, oh, I'm going to go buy some creative deals in the middle of Elephant's Breath, Wyoming, and own these properties and do all these things in the middle of nowhere so that I could get depreciation on my taxes stop it you're being childish <laughs> you're being childish that's a, that's it's not real you have to make eight times i mean you have to buy eight times the amount of property to write off 100% on your taxes okay do you know what your 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 um your debt looks like at that level do you know what your balance sheet looks like at that level? People don't understand that like, oh, well, I got that. It's a creative deal or it's it's a sub two deal or whatever else. And I added it to my portfolio. Yeah, but it's a huge distraction. You stopped yourself from making way more income that you could if you were focused on actually going out there and building a business that found discounted properties. And you've got all of this leverage. Yep. It's still a debt that needs to be paid. Well, it's good debt. Yeah, until somebody's not paying it. Facts. And that happens. I mean, let's be real. When I talk about the the bad stuff that happened to us in 2018, 2019, some of it was that right there. Oh, that's good debt because it's an asset. It's going to appreciate. It's in Dallas-Fort Worth or it's in Phoenix, Arizona. We had a couple of those. And, and dude, I... I literally remember coming to Phoenix and selling off a couple of deals that we were doing there. And I felt like a dumbass because I felt like I was the only person in Phoenix, Arizona that was selling a property off at a loss. Yep. The reason why is not because we didn't buy bad. We didn't know what we were doing. It's because we were distracted. Yep. We were distracted from what we were actually trying to do because that the, the flips weren't going well, the rentals weren't going well. And because of that, we shifted our focus to try to focus on them which meant wholesaling struggled. And then at the end of the day, there was a point in time where nothing was going well. That is my moral of this story. And so when you're talking about how to build a long lasting business, so you, you know, you talk about being focused $300,000 before you move on. So say we get to the 300, I got $300,000 in the bank right now. Yeah. Are you saying I need to go buy a $100,000 rental property with cash? Or what What are you telling me I need to do now? No, you know, I don't mind if people, uh, well, I mean, it just depends. Right now, interest rates aren't exceptional for investors, but if the deal makes sense, the deal makes sense. But what I would suggest is you only buy in good school districts and, um, and and find opportunities that you come across that you cherry pick from the own your own efforts. So really, now, it should just be what you, whatever you're already doing, and you're just taking the bet. What you wish you could have been buying while you were accumulating the three hundred thousand dollars, essentially. Yeah, and listen, it's it's a focus thing. 
right? I If you're pulled out of your business, you've got somebody running the day-to-day for the most part. You're never going to, you're never going to not, there's no like passive businesses, like truly passive. That's just a myth. You know what I mean? There, you, right. you have to go in and you have to, you know, keep uh, some management and some attention to what's going on. But if most of your day is freed up because you have done a great job, you've built a great culture, you're a great leader. That's what people don't understand, RJ. It's not just, oh, I know how to make a bunch of money. Do you know how to lead people? Do you know how to hire the right people? Do you know how to, to, to work with them? You know what I mean? Do you know how to effectively communicate when things are going well and when things are going bad? Because it's going to happen. Like all yeah. of those things are totally different skills than going out and hustling up deals. What are your thoughts about this? Because I feel like this has been for several years now where essentially we are telling entrepreneurs that you shouldn't be in your business anymore. You should get to the point where you have delegated everything out. And yeah. I feel like that that story that is being told to entrepreneurs is one that is repeatedly hurting those individuals over and over and over again because it's like friends of mine that I've known for years where it's like I see them and everything's great. They've hired a COO. They read Traction, so they got the integrator and they're the visionary. So, you know, they're not going to do anything in the business. They're going to go sit down and whiteboard all the future things they're going to go do. And they forget about lead generation, closing deals and dispoing and KPIs and all that because they have an an, an integrator now. And then the next year I see them, they're like, well, I, I fired everybody. I'm back in the game. You know, it wasn't going well and I had to get back in. Is that something that you're seeing or is that just like me seeing that just a handful? 99%. Listen, you got to still you you got to still be in the business. And, and listen, that could be 5 hours. Literally, I spend 5 hours in my business. Yep. My business every single month, but um every single month between 40 and 60,000 is what I get paid. It just depends on the month, depends on is somewhere between there is what I get paid from my business, right? For working 5 hours in it. That allows me to build a coaching business, right? That allows me to put my attention to this. And, and so I could like, I can't just abandon it. I can't just be right. like, oh yeah, yeah. Just send me that mailbox money and it's going to be good. There's leadership that's involved here. There's, there, there's leadership. There's connections with other people that are above where we're at. There's growth that needs to happen. There's, there's development that needs to happen. Some people leave you because they want to do something else or they move or they have a life change. There's always something that's going to be pulling you in. And unless you have a partner, now I've seen it work, RJ, where it's been a, full 50-50 partner where the the one partner's like, let me run this. You do that thing. Do whatever you want to do there. Give me a little slice of that and I'll run this machine. It'll be good. Okay. I mean, I've seen that work. Okay. Um, But if you're just going to be like, oh, I'm going to just hire a COO that's a virtual assistant, by the way, (laughs) that's really organized and they're really keeping all these things on track. It's not going to work, guys. I'm just no. telling you, it's not going to work. Real estate is too fickle. It changes too fast. If yeah. you're not, if your thumb is not on the pulse of your real estate business, um, it's going to, you're 90 days away from, from being closed. We saw that in November of 2022. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the switch went like that. 
Yep. Wholesale wise, I mean, buyers just they 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 went in their shell. And if you weren't there, if your finger wasn't on the pulse, then how are you going to go tell your team what we're doing to pivot? Yep. How are we going to communicate to the, your team about how we're going to go communicate to the sellers about what's happening with the market and where we need price drops? And also, how are you going to have conversations with the cash buyers and where you need to be? That just happened, you know, six months ago. Yep. The other thing about that is, is I have been in your offices before I, I've seen you transition from Mr. TTP, flexing, ringing the bell, Magneto in the background, everything you got going on to, hey, lights go down, cameras off. I got to take a call or I got to talk to someone on my team real quick about yep. a real estate deal or about what's going on. Yeah. And it's really cool to see how you're still there, even though while you are running the coaching business, it's, it's cool to see that. <laughs> but even like you're saying, even if it is only five hours, I, I think this, the, the narrative over the past, I don't know, five, six, seven years has just been mailbox money, like what yep. you're talking about. And I think that's a, a bad narrative to have in your business. As much as I love the book Traction sitting right behind me, I still just think that that's not the end goal that Gino Wickman had when he wrote the book. Yeah. So, um, I want to By talk the way, about- Gino Wickman's dad was like one of the biggest real estate agent coaches ever. Really? Um, yeah. And so like <laughs> the, the, the interesting thing about traction and the interesting thing about growing and developing and the e-myth and all these other, you know, incredible business books is yes, bring in those people. Like, I, I mean, bring in the people to run it, train them, develop them. You can pull yourself out, but at some point you're going to have to be in it. You still have to have passion for the business. You know what I mean? You have to still have pride. I'm still a deal junkie. I still love the deals. I still love the opportunity that real estate brings. I'm never going to like, that's, that's just in me. I love it. You right. know what I mean? Um, but you gotta be a leader. You got to understand how to motivate and lead people and, and keep them accountable and develop them. And if you don't, then your business is just going to slide back. And so what people do is they go, well, I just made a, a 600,000, 700,000, a million dollars. And then your ego goes bananas because you came from a family that made $60,000 at the, at the height of your parents' careers or $100,000. And you're like, I'm the greatest business owner ever. I'm going to just bring people in. I'm going to set it and forget it. And it's going to be done. And it yeah. just doesn't happen. And I, I, I just want to clarify something. I want people to have the biggest rental portfolio that they can. I want people to flip as many properties as they can. All I'm saying is take the first 12 months of your real estate career and build an actual business out of it and, and, and really focus on finding the discounted properties and then start other companies. I don't mind people that want to be serial entrepreneurs and are really great leaders, but if you can't run one, you certainly can't run three. So that's, and, that's what I'm saying. And, and, and it's the, we, we have shiny object in this business. Well, Everything looks unbelievable. Here's the other thing, Brent. I mean, let's be real. Uh, our podcasts are also, uh, there's a positive side to us having our podcast and there's a negative side, right? The negative side is, is if you go look at your YouTube channel 
in my YouTube channel, almost every single thumbnail is about made $500,000 in three months, made a million dollars at 18, millionaire before 21. And then there's this level of, well, when I listen to this, that's what I'm supposed to be. That's what I'm supposed to do. And, and I think that's where people run into these issues of, well, if I just run out real quick and, and I'm, I'm a wholesaler, I could run out and buy 10 rental properties super quick and be a paper millionaire. And now I could go on, you know, Brent Daniels podcast and talk about how I'm a millionaire. And, and I, I hate to be that way because obviously we're on a podcast and I've been doing it since 2017, but there is that downside of, The way I say it is, is comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that's where a lot of times as good as social media and getting the message out there on how you could grow your business, it can also be the negative on giving that shiny object syndrome. And so I think if you can find a way to mute that out of your life, that can, and stay focused on what it is that you're, you're trying to accomplish. I think that's where you'll see that success. So that being said, you have you said you've coached three thousand students at this yeah. point. Yep, three thousand so, people have been through the uh, mentorship. So tell me, you've got wholesaling ink behind you. Me and you haven't talked. I've seen the post. Explain to me what is going on between you and you're now the proud owner of wholesaling ink. Is that true? Yeah, as of August of last year, it That's was uh, an incredible opportunity. And, um, I was able to, (laughs) it's crazy, you know, RJ in 2013, I, I had a 430 credit score and couldn't open up a checking account. I I honestly tried at Chase bank, bank of America, uh, Wells Fargo, and even the Arizona credit union, they wouldn't let me have a checking account because they thought I'd overdraft. They didn't trust me enough to be able to do that. Right. And then I found this thing called wholesaling. That's why I'm so like, I don't want to crush anybody's dream. I want to give you an an honest path to be able to really build a long lasting business with this podcast. You know, there's no judgment of whatever you want to do, do, do what you want to do. I'm just, I, I, I've, I've done, I've been in this long enough to understand that if you build the foundation of sourcing deals, you're going to win. It's a skill. And and it doesn't matter what happens in the economy. It doesn't matter if you get hit by a bus or get sick or have a family member that needs six months of your time uh, or or whatever it is. You can come back and you can can build up your income again because you actually have the skills of finding discounted property. And I think that's really important in our business. but I scratched and clawed and figured out what, what wholesaling was in that time and was able to, um, you know, really become, um, really have the freedom that I was looking for and, and was able to quit the job that I had before. And so I got full time in this business. And then in 2016, I heard 2015, I heard the wholesaling Inc podcast. And I knew I wanted to be around Tom Kroll. I knew I needed a community. I needed a tribe. And I needed to be around people that spoke the language that I was learning. Right? So I needed immersion. Just like how we learn language. We need immersion. Right. And so um, I joined the, the the Rhino tribe. I paid uh, to, to join that. 
and my business exploded. And then I paid to join the intensive Rhino Roundtable, and then it really exploded because it gave me all the structure. And and then I was able to uh, become a coach and be on the podcast. And so it was really just uh, it, it was an honor to be even recognized and to be on the podcast and to be able to, 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 uh, contribute and then, um, just being consistent, not doing crazy things and, and just doing the same thing over and over and over and over the repetitious boredom doing wholesale deals and, you know, doing the podcast and coaching and doing all these things. And, um, I was able to get to a point where I was able to buy the the company last year. And That's so cool. it's just an incredible uh, honor to to have the brand and to continue it into the into the future and make it stronger than ever. Congratulations first and foremost that is a it's amazing. Um I think I've known you since 2017, 2018 yep. somewhere around there. Um, the thing that always stood out to me, and this is going back to how to build a long lasting business. The, the thing that has always stood out to me about you is, is you are the guy that has no problem with saying no. Yeah. Like opportunity comes along. You have no problem being like, nope, nope. That, that would take away the time freedom that I have. I, I want freedom to be with my family. No, I, that would ruin my weekends. You know, no, I need to be there for my son or no, it's not part of what I'm doing right now. I've yep. seen you do it over and over and over again. So much so, uh, that's how we ended up getting the TV show yeah. because they asked you first and you said, yeah. no, oh, there's a better, there's a better person for that. And that's you for sure. Yeah, And, yeah. and that's amazing to see that you have no problem. Like that's not a part of what I'm doing right now. So the thing that I love when I interview someone on the podcast is when they're literally preaching what they practice and, and I've seen it. So the message that you have delivered today is what you've lived by and it's led to you being able to do things like purchasing wholesale ink, yep. which is incredible. The other thing I want to talk about is, is you along with your friends have created something pretty amazing. And and I don't know that I know how it started, but Wholesale Hotline, I mean, dude, talk about consistency and just a really cool thing that you, Pace, and Jamil do. How did that come about? And did y'all expect it to become what it has become? No, I mean, listen, I'm 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 standing on the shoulders of Giants with Pace and Jamil. They're absolutely uh the the top and the pinnacle of, uh, of real estate investing knowledge and, and coaching. And, and they're absolutely incredible. Um, it came down to Jamil asked, uh, asked me to be on the first one and we had so much fun. They're like, Hey, you just want to do this with us? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so we've done it every Monday for three years. And, um, it's, it's an incredible show. We never, there's no script. We never know where it's going. We never know what's going to happen. We have incredible guests, um, uh, a tremendous amount of people listen to it and watch it. And, uh, it's, it's bananas. It truly is bananas. It's, it's just a lot of fun. And, uh, those guys are the best and they bring on a, a, just people you would never, never know and never, um, never realize we're doing such amazing things and they're on the show and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun.
Yeah. It is a lot of fun. I've been on there twice. One time, I think it was either Pace or Jamil. I can't remember. One of them was at some party. So he was doing the podcast on his phone, and then he's like showing all the party guests. He's like, everyone's there. I think it was, I think it was Pace. Yeah, it's Pace. Uh, but it, it's just it, it's a it's a great environment to be a part of. So if you haven't checked that out, check out Wholesale Hotline. Uh, it's probably one of the the top five best podcasts out there for wholesaling, um, and it's it's by far one of the best that I've ever been on. So Brent, yep, for the people that have tuned in and they want to figure out more about wholesaling Inc. and where. Where's the best place? Is it YouTube? Where where can they find out more about Wholesale and Inc. and you? Yeah, we we put a lot of love into our YouTube channel, Brent Daniels on YouTube. And then we have a ton of, of resources and downloads at wholesalinginc.com. Gotcha. Listen, uh, Brent is like the envy of all real estate guys when it comes to YouTube channels because, I mean, the guy just sits there and produces content nonstop. I mean, I, I can't keep up with the man. Uh, I love it, and I, I'll I'll admit you're one of the very few people that I, I consume content still from uh, because it's real and it's legitimate. That's why I wanted to get you on here. So you Brent, too, RJ. I mean, yours is phenomenal. I mean, yours is absolutely. Oh, I wish I wish YouTube wasn't as uh, aggressive as they are and not allowing uh, real data on there. I get it for privacy reasons, but I would love it if it was a little bit looser uh, to see all the exciting things that you do. And, um, but thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Dude, uh, you say that, um, I have lost half of the 50 day challenge because YouTube has deleted them and it's about a once a week, one goes away. Um, I lost one this week that had over 13,000 views on it. And it's just like, that sucks. You know, yep. it, it had 13,000 views for a reason, you know, yep. it had really good acquisitions and dispositions content on there and it just, it's lost. So now it's about me repurposing that into other content, but um, it is what it is, but man, thank you so much for coming on here. Like I said, it's an honor to have you and it's uh, even more of an honor to call you a friend. Thank you. Love you, buddy. It was a, it was a tremendous honor to be on here. Titanium vault podcast listeners, audience, you guys are amazing. Uh, if you're out there and you're taking action and you're, you're, you, you have the courage and the discipline to go out there and have quality conversations with distressed property owners, uh, you're doing incredible work. Because the fact is, um, we're bringing investment to these communities. We're bringing investment to these neighborhoods. And when you bring investment to neighborhoods, that increases property taxes. And that might sound crazy, but guess what? You get better schools. You get better security. You get better services. You get all these streets get fixed. All the six S's. You could look it up what happens, where property taxes go. It's absolutely incredible. And it's because we're out there finding the deals. So have a tremendous pride in what you do. And I applaud you and support you and recognize you. You guys are absolutely incredible. Love you guys. Appreciate you, man.